Good morning. So uh, let me start by saying, so uh, let's maybe just, I'm sort of out of my league here a little bit. So, uh, so let's just sort of pretend we're at a baseball game, okay? You know how sort of in September the league's going along and they expand the rosters and they, you know, bring up the guys from the minor leagues and sort of expectations go down a little bit. So, so let's just sort of, you know, think about in those terms uh, here, um, here as we go along. Um, but seriously, I uh, come, you know, with this uh, message this morning and uh, sort of uh, ran across a, a, a quote as I was preparing this. It, it's sort of like, as Christians, we're, uh, you know, just a beggar bringing other beggars along to find uh, this loaf of bread. And uh, so let's look together as we uh, so, sort of seek to find that, uh, that loaf of bread in, in the message we've got this, this morning. Uh, first, I want to start, uh, you know, just with a bit of an observation. You know, uh, it, it, we're going to talk about time, and we're going to talk about the concept of redeeming time. Uh, and in, in literature and uh, culture and so forth, people talk about time being sort of this river that flows along um, relentlessly and meanders around. You don't know maybe what's around the corner and so forth. Uh, it sort of conjures up pastoral scenes of, you know, um, countrysides and so forth. But I don't think that's the way I experience life and experience the flow of time. Uh, you know, I think we've got a slide here that this is a lot closer to the way I, I experience time. You know, we're being tossed in different directions, uh, back and forth, to and fro. You don't really know what's around the corner because it, it may be an undercut rock. I've actually been on this rafting trip. It, it, it's a picture from uh, the Upper Gali River. And... Uh, and it was terrifying. It was great, but it, but it was truly terrifying. You know, being pitched back and forth, to and fro, uh, and so forth. Um, and, and truly, it would have been a life-threatening experience without having a really good guide and being willing to listen to the guide. Um, and so, we want to look at some scripture this morning and think about that because uh, if we don't look to, to God as our guide, I think we are going to experience it as a true herring event rather than as an adventure. Uh, and, and so I want us to think about uh, how we use our time and, and the adventure that we've got, that, that God has set us on, uh, but guided sort of by, by his principles and his ideals. The other thought is, you know, we live in this, this time that is really pulling us in many directions. Um, the pace of life is, is just... I think crazy, and and you know we have developed coping skills. We multitask. I mean, I'm uh, you know I love to multitask, and and you know we we um, find all these things that consume us, and we're ever in seeking things to make us more efficient, ways that we can squeeze a little bit more out here and there, uh, be a little more productive, and, and so forth. Um, we were talking about this in our family, and I was talking about multitasking and. Uh, sort of seeking some ideas of, you know, crazy examples of multitasking. One of them led to, a, I'll, I'll make a caution to you. So if anyone goes to the college town where my girls go to school, this was the best example I ran across. So one of my daughters confessed that she's developed a skill that she can text while riding a bicycle. So I think the pedestrians sort of like need to watch out in, in West Lafayette. There's a danger, danger afoot in that. Um, and moreover, we, we tend to try to fill those even odd hours that we have perhaps with more and more leisure. And, and so there's this whole industry of, of, 
uh, of leisure. And so we're caught between this, this need to feel productive, to fill all our moments, and then these, the, 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 the increasing leisure tugs on us in the form of different kinds of entertainment here and there and so, so on and so forth. Uh, it, it's, it's crazy. So let's uh, take a moment here and, and pray and then consider some scripture and uh, maybe what God, God has to say about all this. Lord God, I just uh, pray that you would um, redeem our time here this morning and that you would guide um, our hearts uh, into the messages you have for us and that we'd be able to, to hear that and that we'd be able to take it and use it and, uh, and apply it in our lives, Lord. Uh, we just uh, thank you for, for your word and uh, pray that, that this would uh, just be opened, our hearts would be open to your messages. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, our, our passage today that I want to talk from is Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Let's just read it here. Be careful then, oh no, by the way, this is in uh, page 952 if you want to look in your pew Bible. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. Um. I think we ought to look at this in the in the broader broader context of this scripture. You know, this is in Ephesians where Paul is is talking about um, first of all having the people of Ephesus having been drawn out of darkness into light, and he's giving them a whole series of guidelines that, that precede this on on righteous living and avoiding um, particularly avoiding sin, avoiding um, immorality, avoiding um, uh, vulgar language, avoiding sexual sin, avoiding greed and other uh, things that might beset them and enslave them. Um, and then he goes on with these kinds of uh, exhortations. I, I'd like to read uh, a little bit larger passage. Uh, this is from the message, uh, the, that paraphrase version, because I think it just speaks to us in a way that calls us forth. You groped your way through that murk once, but no longer. You're out in the open now. The bright light of Christ makes your way plain. So no more stumbling about. Get on with it. The good, the right, the true, these are the actions appropriate for daylight hours. Figure out what will please Christ and then do it. Don't waste your time on useless work, mere busy work, the barren pursuits of darkness. Expose these things for the sham they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness where no one will see. Rip the cover off those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Don't live carelessly, unthinkingly. Make sure you understand what the master wants. If we go back to, uh, to the, the passage originally, there, there's a particular idea in there that I think has got a lot of depth to it that I, I, I think can guide us and we can explore. In Ephesians, it's not this Part of the passage is rendered in some versions, uh, seize the opportunity or make the most of every opportunity. But if you, if you go back and look at, at the Greek, there's this word in there that sort of is also translated redeemed. So redeem the time. And that's sort of what we want to talk about this morning. But redeem isn't such a popular word in our culture. It, it's a word that we really don't use a lot, but it, it has this meaning of like buying back a slave in, into freedom or taking something 
from a base use and, and, and paying a price for it to be used for its, uh, its deeper purpose or its, or its intended purpose. And so, you know, we tr- kind of translate that opportunity, but I think we lose a little bit of the sense of there's a, a price that God is calling us to pay, I think. I experienced it in my life to give up some of the whims I might have or the things that I just might go on a lark and, and be involved with or do, um, and instead sort of pay the price of, of carefully considering how you redeem these things for kingdom purposes. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're, we're, we're really about, is, is this idea of how do we be part of that, that kingdom purpose. Um, I think if we take this passage, it can lead us to three particularly interesting ideas to, to tease out. Um, the, the first one is sort of the big picture, the, the why. Um, and and I, I would contend that, um, you know, if you look at the way people behave, you look at what's in our hearts, that, that we have this tendency to want to be involved in something bigger than ourselves. Um, this shows up in the media. It shows up in our culture frequently. We like to have, be involved in things of significance, you know, whether it's a, a, a rescue that's being mounted, you know, to save someone. Uh, I mean, for example, think about the, this Chilean mine disaster a while back. You know, people from around the world rallied to, to rescue these men that were trapped uh, deep in this mine. Expertise was brought from all sorts of different places. Um, people were brought in and so forth, and, and we watched this, and people wanted to participate. There was this big uh, volunteering effort amongst uh, appropriate industries and so forth. And, and that's because God has wired us in our hearts, I think, to be part of his rescue for this world that we're part of. Um, Francis Chan uh, talks about this a lot if you've uh, listened to any of his messages. This whole idea of there is a great rescue afoot that's God's rescue uh, of our world to bring people to him. And we're called to be part of that rescue. And he's so wired us to have this yearning to be part of greater things. And it's for that, for that purpose. Um, one of the great things about, about this place is that we got lots of opportunities to be part of that. If you think back to, to Drew's message uh, last week, where he talked about God's ambition for us, uh, that's part of his ambition for us. That's the this uh, central idea of how do we participate, how do we come alongside, redeem our time in ways that, that align to these kingdom priorities, and whether that's involving yourself in, you know, treehouse as a tutor or whiz kids or whether it's volunteering in things that go on around here in other venues and so forth. I, you know, I went back last night and, and looked at the... Um, the bulletin for today, and, and I highlighted all these volunteer act opportunities. And, and so I think, you know, we're all called to, to uh, you know, not sit idly by, but to really think what God might be calling us to, um, to, to be part of. And this is that sort of time of year, you know, in the fall where new activities uh, often start. I, I know uh, Chris and I have been part of WizKids in Finneytown. And this year, you know, the, the, the kid I'd been involved with last year graduated out of the program and so forth. And, uh, you know, I, I was faced with this sort of, you know, do you do that again? I, uh, wait every Tuesday afternoon, is it going to work with the schedule and so forth? And, and, you know, I felt God really saying, nope, 
it's not that big a deal, you know, take that time, and, and you know, it's a real blessing. I'm really looking forward to the, to the time I spend on Tuesday afternoons with, with my student. There'll be days where it seems like, you know, gee, it's not what I really want to do, but, but putting those patterns in place in our lives and, and finding those opportunities to really plug in is part of this whole, whole notion of, of redeeming the time, and there's, like I said, so many opportunities uh, around here to participate in that. Secondly, uh, the other, uh, second big idea, I think, is this notion of we have all these things that just want to suck away our time into rel- relatively meaningless uh, activities and, and so forth. I, I know it's so, uh, I, I've uh, heard an analogy of, you know, it's sort of like there's this time bandit that's invisibly walking alongside just waiting to divert me from things that are maybe a little more important to to things that just, you know, are going to consume us, whether it's the media, whether it's, you know, playing games on our smartphones, or whether it's, um, you know, any of these things that just we can find as ways to kill time rather than redeem time. There's this time bandit idea, just waiting to to seize our our moments rather than let them be, you know, turned for kingdom purposes and just sort of, frittered away. Um, the world is always tugging us at, at these sorts of things. If we, uh, um, if we look at, at the Bible, there's a, a, a verse in Luke, if we can skip to the, to the verse in Luke 4, where it demonstrates how Jesus is really the master of, throughout his ministry, seizing the moment and keeping it on, on God's track. Let's, uh, let's just read this passage briefly. So it, the, the setup here is Jesus is, this is at the very start of his ministry. This is a really busy day. He's, he's, taught, he's been in the synagogue. He's caught, taught, uh, cast out a demon. People are gathering here. It says at sunset, the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness. And laying his hands on each one, he healed them. Moreover, demons came out of many people, shouting, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew he was the Messiah. Well, let's just stop, stop right there. So, so this is really a, a pivotal part of the ministry. He's come out. Jesus is, the people are starting to see the miracles and, and, and are drawn to this. Who wouldn't be? Um, and, and so by our own standards, you'd say, okay, you know, we got the base for the ministry here. Everybody, let's, you know, rally. This will be a great starting point and so forth. But that's not how Jesus responds. If we go on and look at the, the rest of the scripture, it says, at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him. And when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that's why I was sent. So Jesus, rather than sort of stay with the flow that the world would um, probably tend him toward, that the disciples were pulling him to, they went out looking for him. He, but instead he goes out and, and spends time with God, clearly gets the direction and, and knows his places to move on and to continue to, to develop his ministry 
throughout the surrounding towns and so forth. And this happens over and over again in Scripture. If you sort of go through it, it's like Jesus seizes the moment. He is very active in taking charge of the situations, not letting it just go with the, with the flow. So he's the master of avoiding the, the, uh, um, the, the, the sinks that can, can grab our time and distract us. And then the, the third point I, I wanted to make was... Um, was related to, so how do we pursue these kingdom priorities? What are the things that uh, we can be part of, you know, how do we stay in, in, in line? And, and, you know, this is the stuff that we all know, but how seriously do we take it? Um, whether it's time in prayer, um, in meditation, really seeking God, um, it's spending time in Scripture and really growing to know Scripture so that that becomes the instant answer in our hearts when we're confronted with difficult situations. You know, that, that, that foundational stuff, uh, just as Jesus drew on throughout his, his ministry, you know, where he quotes Scripture so often to deal with the challenges uh, that he faces. And we're going to be faced in the upcoming weeks with this uh, Strong Challenge series coming before us. And, and it this is the perfect sort of segue to that, I think, because um, in those upcoming weeks, we're going to be looking at these uh, tools that God provides us with, the kinds of things I've been talking about, whether it's uh, prayer, uh, meditation, opportunities to, to serve, um, fasting, and so forth. And, and, and we're going to be exploring those through individual challenges and personal challenges that we're encouraged to take on. So if you haven't yet... Sign up to be in a, in a small group uh, during the foundation hour. Those uh, are out in, in a table uh, out in the atrium. Um, and, and think about how those things can be incorporated uh, in, into your life uh, because this is sort of now then the kickoff for, for that series that will start uh, in, in the upcoming weeks. So uh, uh, to wrap up, I would just like to take um, a minute or two um, if it is... is as it's affected me, it affects you to, to be thinking about how we can, you know, reshift our lives to, to incorporate these notions of, of how to really seek um, the redemption of our moments, whether that be in, um, in new things we want to follow to get involved with that's, that's following God's path for us, whether it's shifting direction, direction a bit, whether it's taking on persistent practices of... of, of uh, pursuing him through prayer and scripture and so forth. Let's just take a minute and, uh, and quietly see what, what God may be having speak, speak to your heart as we pray. Lord God, I just uh, want to come before you in, in silence now for a moment to, to let you uh, speak to our hearts about, about how you would have us uh, respond to, to what you've said in scripture about, about redeeming our time. Amen.